overkill, profusion, excess, surplus, too much, abundance. When it comes to the body of Christ, God is just a big show-off, heaping spiritual gifts on His people in an embarrassment of riches. I'm Laura Pace. And I'm Jessica Denny. You're listening to Embarrassment of Riches, where we explore the wisdom, passion, power, and grace that God has showered on the women of Dallas Bible. Good evening, and welcome to Embarrassment of Riches. Hello, Laura. Good evening. I just realized I'm a little bit choked on some of your popcorn. (laughs) Sorry. I I couldn't floss my teeth the other day because I had a kernel stuck in the back one that couldn't get in there. I don't know if we've shared that on the the podcast. The podcast? The podcast. (laughs) But Jessica Denny makes some delicious popcorn and serves it to us right before we start speaking into microphones. Yes, I, I think so. We I have to pound it, it as quickly as I can. I, I while think she's we mentioned it once because Kyle asked us to please not eat the popcorn. That feels while fair. we're on the podcast because it sounds like termites. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. <laughs> termites into the mic. Well, um, hey, th- I think this this one. There's a quick turnaround on this podcast. I think we're going to post it this. I week. think this is our most real time. Yes, and the last I heard, there are. 45, is that right? I, I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and say 40 because I feel like since that was posted, probably five seats at least have been taken. Yes. Uh, so 40 more seats available for the Women's Ministry Brunch featuring Embarrassment of Rich's Lives. L- Laura and I will be there. Mic we- drop, except hopefully we won't because that would be bad sound. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So we are super excited about that. We hope you are going to join us that day. Um, it's August 20th. It is August 20th. Be praying about it. Be praying that I won't say anything offensive. Yes. Or overly awkward, more than and my baseline I think that's 10 awkward. A, 10 a.m. downtown Plano. The details are on DallasBible.org. You can. It's going to be really fun. Yeah, it'll be super fun, and we want you to be able to come. So go ahead, and if you want to come, you better go ahead and sign up. And this is a thing you can come to by yourself. You don't have to have a buddy. You'll be when you check in, you get assigned a table, and you'll have a table host there. So be brave and come and meet some people. Yeah, we'd love to have you there. And we have a special guest who I have never met. Which is crazy. I I do feel like one time, maybe, did you one time see Annie Mooney at Haystack? I mean, that's kind of a vague question. I feel like I see her there often. Is it possible? I feel like maybe one time she's like, do you know Lee Booker? That's Lee Booker. And so it's all on Annie now. And then I did a walk by (laughs) and I was like, I don't, which person, which blonde person are you talking about? (laughs) After church. So I I feel like maybe, but like maybe y'all were leaving and we were walking in, but I don't think I even met you that night. I just remember vaguely that was the first time I'd ever even heard your name. Oh, that makes me sad. It's not mm-hmm. sad. I mean, it's just sad. Me, and like, a, like you said, you run no, in a, you, know you run That's in a amazing, tight circle, and I'm not in it. Right until <laughs> today. A That's a joke. That snap, snap, snap. Yeah, now you're in. Now I'm, I'm in. in. No, I have no circles. We, you and I met. Um, when we were both going through marriage stuff. No, just kidding. Um, well, Laura I, has a fantastic marriage. I do. And if I anyone do. can I will share it with that, you in your struggles of marriage. <laughs> we, were, we were in re-engage, a re-engage group well, sure, together. But if you want to go further back, I've taught Campbell since she was 
for. And I have already recruited you to continue teach her, Which teach her until she's a senior it in high school. It kind of hurt my feelings last night at dinner whenever, because you were like, not you for Campbell. Yeah. That no, I already those. have my Campbell person. I know, but it did make me feel better when you said Micah. But I didn't know if you were just saying it because you had just, like, you saw the hurt in my face. I was not saying she it was like, that. I've I was saying it because kids. you can go take care Micah of Micah was the one that was like, can we go to Jessica Denny's house? I would like to go to Jessica Denny's yeah, house. Yeah, Lincoln used to be like that too, but now he doesn't even know who I am. That feels possible, but Lincoln only knows a few people. Yeah, well, I feel like I should he be among He has a tight them. circle. Yeah, I, it's I a really feel tight like circle. I should be among his people. But, you know, well, like I want Jessica Denny to hold me. Remember he did when he used, used to, to say, say that. things like yeah. that? Yeah. But he's five now. He's he's above that. I know. But he did. I did. I also liked how he addressed me as Jessica Denny to my face. Although oh, I will cute. say he is getting older and he is starting kindergarten and I have some <gasps> feels about it. I know it's crazy. It crazy. Also, he hasn't put on pants in the last four days. So there's still that little boy mm-hmm. in him. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not making him because it brings me joy. Because it's my last few weeks to see him. Well, I'm going to have to have like a that. Pace pool party with the Pace children to come over. They need to know Jessica Denny again. They do. It's been a minute. Anyway, Please. you no, and I'm, I met. I'm loving this. <laughs> you and I met in Reengage. We did. And um, I would say almost immediately, I was like, I really like this girl and I want to be her friend in a I little agree. bit of a stalkery kind of way. Oh, I stop. asked around I about too. you. I asked around about you. Except for Jessica. No, she didn't know who you were. She didn't know <laughs> I how was great. like, Lee Booker, is that that blonde lady that was at Haystack? <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Every weekend. <laughs> that one? Um, well, tell us about you. Um, well, I know, and I will say at Reengage, oh, I knew yes. I was going to love you because our sarcasm fell so flat in that so group. So much. But you and I would, I would like giggle because I thought, this girl. She you is, liked my awkwardness. She may not be really good at her job, but she's really funny. Yeah, I appreciate that. that. Or marriage. You know, I don't know. You, know, yeah. you, yeah. Sold the, you sold the Mooney's life group to us, too, because Kyle, Kyle is a... Kyle, it takes a minute to for him to warm to people, but Kaylin and, and Laura, immediately, he was like, yes, yeah. because... There's a dryness to them. If you yeah. if if you like dry, sarcastic awkwardness, oh y'all are the I people. am your person. Yeah. The paces. <laughs> we but are you know, I don't even know. People. Do you think Kyle is sarcastic or just incredibly dry? Yes. Oh, I think it's just mostly dry. Oh, like, I think Kyle is so sarcastic. Oh, I, and I remember well, telling you, see, I thought no, Jason. That, that, that see, okay, I think you're. I think you are mixing sarcasm and dryness because I don't think Kyle's sarcastic. I think he means what he says. Oh. He just says it dryly. <laughs> it's like so awful that you're like he's being sarcastic. Yes, right. <laughs> I, I think Kyle generally means what he's saying. Mm. It's just really dark. That feels possible. It <laughs> feels possible. You know better than me so well i mean just 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 when when the next time you want to say sarcasm to him and you hear him th- also think does he actually mean what no, he's that's saying true what he's saying <laughs> what he, he believes yeah right right mm. just I'm, I'm just i want no, that, you to that, sit feels, with that that feels a little bit more accurate probably mm-hmm. but he's that, and very that's what funny. makes it funny is that he isn't joking mm-hmm. yeah he's <laughs> jess has always said that sitting next to kyle is like the best seat in the room because he doesn't much like his wife, he doesn't project his voice or he doesn't or... tip off. <laughs> he doesn't tip off. He's about. But to say he has some funny. real funny That's comments, which is kind of. I remember telling you that I thought Jason was funny, and, and you I were got like, so offended. Jason, yeah, because Jason. I he... think Jason's funny in an unassuming but way. Because, was that because it, you were like, if there's a funny one in this group, yeah, it's me. And even in my own family, 
like with my sister and brother. I have a sister and a brother. Mm-hmm. And oh, look, we've gotten some yeah. information out of the guest. Yeah, oh, wow. hi, I'm over here. <laughs> Shoot, I, I think we're doing like the Dak Shepherd thing. We're, 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 we're armchair experts, and we're mm-hmm. not we're not doing we're not smart list too. Yes. You're being mm-hmm. a little Sean Hayes over there. <laughs> okay, okay, getting yeah. rando and yeah. off in the corner. <laughs> yep, that's it. Um, but my dad looked to someone and introduced me. And said, oh, this is my oldest. And then to my sister, who is not funny, goes, and this is my other daughter. She's the funny one. And I slightly lost my mind at at my nephew's fourth birthday party. Um, And I went up to that man. I was like, I just want you to know my dad uh, must have just... He has not dementia. thought through that. Yeah. He, he, something's going on. Correct. Because I'm the funny one. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did like. Did you literally do yeah, that? I got. I, oh, yeah. I'm pretty. I'm kind of like the worst cartoon character for your children to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was so mad. And then I went around to my family members, my brother-in-law. And I was like, hey, who's the funny one in the family? He was like, I don't know. I go, is it your wife? And she, he goes, nah, I don't think so. And I go, well, my dad just said she was. And then I called friends, like back in Who know you and your yeah. sister. And I was like, like, I need I'm you gonna, to. I'm going to call seven friends and validate yeah. this. Yeah. Who's going to do an empirical study? 100%. No, anyway. I have always said, I don't like, He's I don't goofy. need to be the pretty one. I don't need to be the fittest one. I don't need to be, I certainly can't even try to be the smartest one. But dang it. I want to be the funny one. Oh, I mean, did y'all just hear? I don't know if that was on the podcast or pre-podcast. My me, me and my Facebook captions. Yes, (laughs) that was pre-podcast. But but I'm sure you've shared it on here. That's being like thoughtfully witty and getting people to like. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. I know, but I'm just saying it means a lot to me to the point that I'm like, I boycott Instagram. I'm yeah. like, I'm not doing it. You, you're not going to highlight my caption. I ain't, I ain't doing. I ain't using your. Which format. to give you to give you credit, if y'all have ever seen our very witty titles for every single podcast episode, that is oh. all the work of Jessica Look Denny. At you sharing well, that. sometimes the wit is is just and not just sometimes almost always it is something that someone said on the mm-hmm. podcast usually so, something dumb i've said <laughs> sometimes the greatest generation oh <laughs> that was um, and i laura laura last night was trying to convince the entire dinner party that she was joking when she said that and i was like i've listened to it twice you like um and you for absolute sure were not joking <laughs> I feel like I was in hindsight, but maybe I just don't want it to be that I thought that. No, I know. I'm not saying that you necessarily thought that Dave and if Mary you hit, have you were haven't 98 listened, years old. If oh, you no. haven't listened to the the David and Mary Yarbrough episode on parenting, I may or may not mm. have referred to them as the greatest generation. <laughs> Oh. And and then we, is, we all started laughing. We all started laughing because you know that's the World War II generation. Mm-hmm. That's all deceased. If they're ninety eight, right? yeah, right, mm-hmm. right. Maybe if they're ninety eight, they're still alive. But mm-hmm. anyway, I, we digress. Lee, Please where are us. you from? I'm from Abilene, Texas. You know, my mm-hmm. husband is from Abilene. No, he's not. Did you go to Cooper? Of course, I did. Kyle went to to Abilene High. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but you went to Cooper. I sure did. You seemed like a Cooper girl to what me. What does that mean? I don't know. Okay, good. Funny. <laughs> it means funny. <laughs> no, it means nothing mm-hmm. in Abilene. But oh, Abilene High. Abilene High, yeah. That's um, yes, his mom lived um, off of Mockingbird. Uh, yep. Um, on Ballinger. Uh-huh. 
He used to live, I can't remember what their, what was their other house that they lived over. This is really this compelling church. stuff. Anyway, I know. Well, well, for all my Abilene listeners out there, thank you for joining us. Yes, that's <laughs> They're right. They're going to love this part. <laughs> They're going to love this part. Yeah, I know. Um, there's an H-E-B nearby. I want to be part of it. We just drove through Abilene on our way back from Big Bend National Park. Mm-hmm. It's actually, I shouldn't say actually, that sounds offensive, say but it. it's very pretty. In that, like, and 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 in a little bit low. east of no, Abilene east is of, really pretty. No, that mm-hmm. people always say that the drive out there is ugly. I'm like, it's ugly after Abilene. The drive to Abilene is actually very beautiful. Pretty. It is very pretty because the Brazos River, like coming yes. up on there, it's gorgeous. Yeah. It's yeah. beautiful. That Weatherford area. Yeah. What was? Well, tell us about your life growing up, childhood, and family oh stuff. Gosh. Buckle up. Yeah, let's go. No. Okay. Um, so she I has a sister. Yeah. She's not and very a brother. funny. Yeah, and my sister. The no, brother very is not even worth mentioning. But not, no, the brother, that's a whole, no. Um, I'm the oldest of three, so me, then my sister, then my brother. And, um, oh man, see, I thought I had all this outlined in my head. I should have printed it off. Um, I grew up in Abilene, went to ACU, hmm. so stayed in Abilene, because I thought, why leave this place? Sure. Um, it's the prettiest town you've ever seen. That's Although right. Kyle says that's Abilene, Kansas. Not Abilene, Texas. That song. <laughs> that song is about Abilene, Texas. He says no. It's about Abilene, Kansas. We'll search it up later. You know what? Yeah, search it, it up. Search it up. Um, and my sister went to ACU. My brother went to ACU. My parents went to ACU. My wow. aunts and uncles. So now, oh, are y'all Church up, of Christ? We, Did you? Uh huh. I call that my heritage. So Kyle's mom went, and Kyle went to Highland Church of Christ. Man, he had the life I wanted. He, had the, he well, lived on the right the, side of the track. That's well, I think it's the wrong side of the track, but but it was the wild progressive Church of Christ. Oh, right? 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um it it but Are they even Church of Christ? Yeah. Uh No, you, I'm joking. No, no, I'm, no. I'm you're, saying, you joke, but for all of my one Church of Christ listeners out there, um they have a roster. They have like some like book that is registered Church of Christ. So the second you add a woman to the pulpit of just saying a prayer or welcoming people, you get scratched off. Or if you tur- you help have mics and face the no, congregation. No, they, they've progressed. Okay, that's um, okay. That's acceptable now. Now it is. Um, but I think, I think uh, Highland Church of Christ was doing that before. Oh, yeah. They had a praise team before it was okay. But then, like, the church I went to was Southern Hills. I don't know if Kyle had What's any friends What's the one there. that's over by ACU? Hillcrest, Hillcrest and University. Okay. Hillcrest is where my husband's family grew up going to. And this first Sunday they were going to, this is just a little church fun. Um, the first Sunday they were going to have, the the praise team was going to have mics, but they were going to be sitting in the audience. So it was like a big deal. They came in that morning and someone had cut the cords to every mic. Yeah. I didn't know that was. Yeah. It's okay. a big deal. It is. I would in, like to hear. So growing up, you mm-hmm. it were your parents married? Yes, they were married until I was 23. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, so they were married, um, grew up in Abilene. Everyone in my family met at ACU. Turns out everyone that my husband and his family went to ACU. He's from East Texas. He's from Kilgore. And if you know where that is, it's the Rangerettes. That's I where my grandparents, my grandma from, lives I, there. I'm from Shreveport. Oh. Well, I didn't care about Kilgore until I met my husband. I didn't even know where Kilgore was. I didn't even know what a Rangerette was, but evidently everyone does. They're kind of a big deal. Uh, evidently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I'm, like, I consider what I know to be a bigger deal than what my husband tells me sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I love him, and everyone knows that. 
But um, so went to ACU, and I mean, there's so much to unpack there. Um, what was life like growing up for you? Oh, great. You're, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess this would be technically my story. I mean, that's what my therapist would probably say. This is where I came from, or this is, this is who I am. Um, so I grew up in a church of Christ family. That's not like, that's just about me and my relationship with God is where it was. The foundation of that was at my church with my youth group. Um, but growing up, my parents, what their marriage looked like was what I thought marriages were supposed to be, where you don't touch, you don't talk, you don't say I love you, dad doesn't come on vacations with you. If he does, that's great, or he works on his days off. So that was what was modeled for me for a really long time. And the back, the back end of that that I didn't learn until I was 23 was that <clears throat> my dad was cheating on my mom the whole time, like starting oh, wow. when she was pregnant with me. So they, got, they both met at ACU. And she kind of knew? Or knew. I th- yes, she knew because she's the one who told me. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you ask my dad, he claims that he all of this is not true. But there, it's like he's the worst liar in the world mm-hmm. because you it, can see in the, the medical pattern. world. In the medical world, we call that an unreliable historian. Oh. <laughs> I might make him a shirt, and he wouldn't even know. It's kind of an unreliable historian. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's or, what we're going There's go. several when things think, that could go under there. When Dad. we feel like the patient doesn't really know what's going uh-huh. on, you're an unreliable <laughs> like historian. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't call people liars in their right. medical chart. Oh, unreliable. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, unreliable. I love that. That works on so many levels. Um, and so my mom became very unhappy and very beat down with life because mm. she kept us going to church and she kept like she kept the train going but she had a lot of hate in her heart mm. for my dad that none of us knew then she started taking it out on me but they never argued in front of you it I'm, was just no, kind of felt like a little icy it well it just always felt like that was just what you knew this is yeah um it never because my dad is a Everything's great. He has a lot of friends. He does a lot of things. He's a cool guy. Um, and my mom was very resentful because her life started when she had me and my dad got to keep being this young, cool. They had me when she was 21 or about to be 22, something right in there. And then yeah, my dad was like babies. 24. Yeah, my mom's only 64. Hmm. And I don't even know. My dad's whatever, a couple years older. Um, but... She then start so she was thirty nine when I went to high school. I mean, went to college. Sorry. Wow. Um, and thinking about who I was at thirty nine with littles and like life was hard at that. Mm-hmm. What in the world was her life like with being married? And because of how I grew up, Church of Christ, uh, and not just Church of Christ, but what I knew and the lanes we stayed in, you don't get divorced. Mm-hmm. And so my grandparents. Like she, when she wanted to leave, we're like, well, if you leave, you're on your own. You can't get divorced. Mm. So, I mean, and she's young. It's not like, like she didn't finish college. Um, and I'm giving a good backstory so that people don't not love her because she did do some, she'd made my life very hard. Mm. Um, but she, she did the best she could, but she, right. But well, there was a reason me, for 100%. 
I had to learn though in my own life and in my own marriage. And when like there was a small part of our life where Jason was traveling, like he was gone for nine weeks and my kids were littler. I only had two. My mom had three, but I just remember thinking I'm hanging on by a thread. Like this Mm -hmm. is hard. It was like during Halloween, which, you know, that's a fun holiday. Well, not when you have a little and they want this costume and then they, the other one has friends and wants to go this way. I mean, I know that sounds kind of petty, but I was at the end of my rope already of just holding our fort together Mm -hmm. that I remember Halloween, I think it rained. And so it was okay for me to cry from house to house because you couldn't see, but like, you know, like mom cries, like, Mm -hmm. well, one of the most liberating things that ever happened for me was to actually witness Annie Mooney do freedom prayer about a, um, Richardson city of Richardson lifeguard who wouldn't sweep up the raccoon poop off of the deck. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, I feel so validated because it's not like the big forgiveness, like with, you know, my difficult relationship with my mom that I have a hard time, like with forgiveness. It's that it's the, (laughs) the, it's the lifeguard that I don't even know her name. who won't sweep up the raccoon poop. That's where I struggle. And so to like, so like the petty stuff is like, Right, it, ma- it is. It's petty, it's still, yeah. And then it's like, and it, but it, it, it reveals your sin. It reveals mm-hmm. your weakness. It re- reveals like your places of hurt. It can reveal mm-hmm. yes, how yeah. just how low you are in that moment. Right, and it's it wasn't the moment of like trick or treating mm-hmm. or anything, but it was like all the things that mounted up to that. But in my case, my husband was, he's there, he's around, he's a huge supporter. He d- we're a partner. Mm-hmm. And with my mom, she literally just had my dad going and doing whatever he wanted. I mean, like he would stay at work. Like I knew of a husband, what it looked like to me was you get up, you got up at seven thirty, you dropped the kids off and you didn't come home till nine o'clock that night. Hmm. And he worked at a country club. So he was the general manager of the country club in Abilene. I bet Kyle knows what it is too. <laughs> we'll have to hang out afterwards. And, um, it's like running a fraternity. It's just you kind of a bro club. Yep. But you got to keep a lot of those people happy because that's where the money is. Mm-hmm. So I promise you, Jesus is in all this story. I know I'm just <laughs> talking about all the things, but um, so as I got older, my mom got angrier at my dad, but we never knew that because we never knew there were problems. Mm-hmm. And so she started taking it out on me verbally. I mean, and physically, I, I would say, well, yeah. <laughs> um, like, I remember, yeah, there's a lot of things. But she, I mean, she would tell me all the time how ugly I was and how. So, like, that started in middle school. And she would say things like, um, you need to lose 20 pounds. If you don't lose 20, if you never lose 20 pounds, no boy's going to like you. And I didn't have a lot of boyfriends. And I think, not that I needed them, but. I I just I think I just felt my self worth was so low. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sure didn't help. No, well, I mean, this is I mean, but I think you know when you're young and you're like, it's like we you're were talk- already struggling at that age enough. You Correct. don't need confirmation right. or or piling heaping on more right. from like, your like you know when you think oh, the yeah, person who's supposed to love on my you face most in middle school, and then you're like maybe no maybe no one can really see it. And then I walk in the living room, my mom's like, what is on your face? And you're like, mm. cool, you just named it. <laughs> <laughs> it's there. His name's George. We're going to be best <laughs> friends this week. And so she like started there. But then as I got older into high school, she wouldn't like if I didn't eat dinner at a certain time, I couldn't eat. Like she would just say, sorry, dinner, you weren't here. So mm. you can't eat. Um, I would 
hide eating in the pantry and we did not grow up with any money. And so our pantry was like smaller than a, like a broom closet. And so I remember like trying to squeeze myself in there just to eat some crackers or something. Um, and I, I'm not laughing about it, but I've gotten to a place of healing that this is, this is who made me or this is what shaped you. Right. And all, and so in all of this, I mean, there's just, there's all kinds of things, but like my dad always, my dad's very sarcastic, but not in the way that gets you friends. It's the kind that is hurtful. I mean. Like when I had to start wearing a training bra, he like made fun of it and he mm. wrote like a poem on the fridge and like put oh, it gosh. up there. I know. So all of these, all of really these funny. developmental markers of, of having zits on your face and having to start right. wearing a bra and being interested in boys and probably struggling with some already just self made body image right. stuff right. is getting oh what so that was just middle school and then in high school you know I struggled that fun oh yeah. high school was amazing no I couldn't wait to get out of there um because so I, I didn't stayed. go to Abilene High right so I <laughs> so I, I stayed, stayed in, in Abilene I was like <laughs> I this will be great my parents will be so, so far I away stayed. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um I mean there's so many factors into who I am but the years of high school and the way that she spoke to me and would say, if you're not invited to something, it's because they don't want you there. If they want you there, they would ask you. But she said it mm -hmm. a lot more hateful. Mm -hmm. So I still struggle with that today that like if some if there's a group of people doing something and I'm not invited, it's because they don't want me there. If they did, they would tell me. Mm -hmm. And so there's just been all these lies. I mean, they're like she used to when we'd go to Target, she would make me stand in front of the mirror when we were in the dressing room and say, look at yourself. You're disgusting. Like, why wouldn't you want to lose weight? Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. Well, in, and I appreciate you saying that. And I don't sit in this. I had to learn not to sit in her stuff. Right. Sure. But it was my stuff then. Mm -hmm. sure. Well, sure. You don't, you don't have that <clears throat> wisdom. You haven't gotten the distance from it yet to no. go, oh, that was so much more about her than about me. Oh, it took me, yeah, years having children and thinking, why would you ever? Mm -hmm. And I have that. boys. Yeah. But like, there's moments where I'm like, you're being an idiot why would you say that out loud you know to my oldest but I'm not, I'm not going to say that to him mm -hmm. I'm going to figure out a way to help him understand that what he just said wasn't right mm -hmm. um but there was so so it there was so much perfection that she needed to control in me and couldn't but it gave her an out to her um emotional well, and she physical could, breakdown. Well, and there was she had a lot of anger, I would imagine, oh. from this situation. And suppressed with your dad. anger. So yeah. it's like seeping out. And it's coming out in awful ways on her children. Right. Well, and that so well, that's the irony. It didn't come out on my brother and sister. It only came out on me. That's well, what I, was I will ask. say this. You don't get to be the funny one <laughs> by having the easiest life. You gotta break mm -hmm. a couple legs, right? Mm -hmm. am, am I am I right? Can I get True. an amen? amen? Hey, people um, that are funny are usually dark. Especially if you're going to laugh your way through trauma. <laughs> right? That's right. You I, know, we get here honestly, people. Right? It takes a lot of work to be this good. <laughs> you got to have, gotta have your teeth kicked in a couple of times, uh -huh. right? Yep. And teeth. then then, um, then all of a sudden you get the gallows humor. And oh, yeah. Everyone's right. like, you're the funniest girl. And I'm like, and? They're like, funny? To keep from crying. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so That's my did favorite you... line from Steel Magnolias. You, you have to laugh or you'd cry your eyes out. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Did you, were you guys involved in church? In okay. Church so that's where I was going to say, I was, cause you said, do you notice these things? Well, I, and this is where, I mean, even when I went to my first therapist and 
I tell, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm telling my story and I go more in depth because it's private and it's a therapist mm-hmm. and I'm paying her. Mm-hmm. Y'all aren't paying me. So you're only getting so much <laughs> out of me. We did give you popcorn, wine, and margaritas. Yeah. <laughs> All three things that are going to make this interview a lot more fun. If you'd switch to the tequila, it'd okay. be a little better. Kyle, okay. edit that. <laughs> so, um, for, I mean, not for, I used to say for some reason, but the Lord put people in my life at my church, even though it wasn't um, a perfect church and it, you know, it had its things, it did, it had Jesus. And so, and it had people that are still in my life today, years ago, uh, I would say it took a lot of my friends, believers or not, to agree with me, or not agree with me, but to take me seriously when I would reach out about how my mom was treating me. Mm-hmm. And they were like, there's no way. And then my mom, I guess, got to the place where she felt comfortable in front of a lot of my friends and would just say these horrible things. And she didn't just say it like a Southern bale, like, oh, you shouldn't be wearing that under that skirt, lady. Mm-hmm. You know, it was more like, you're horrible. Mm-hmm. You're and like screaming, yelling. And so enough friends had been around it. And I'm just sitting here like this, like, Okay, I'm not so alone anymore. Mm-hmm. You hear it, but I had these really dear, sweet friends at church, and um, anytime we would have like in our youth group like a share time, I would just share up to date, kind of like what I'm struggling with with my mom, not giving my dad any of the weight to carry because he's fun. Everyone mm-hmm. loves him. He's a big guy. Every, he's just the perfect. Uh, what is it? Um, narcissist. He knew how to present. Yeah. But he didn't know what he was doing. It's just who he is and people loved him. Mm. Um, so when, so I remember walking into youth group one night and I sat down and my friend's Bible fell over and there was this letter that came out and it said, you know, dear to my mom, like, and I said, what is that? And they were like, you weren't supposed to see that. I was like, well, what is it? And they said, well, we're writing your mom a letter. She can't keep talking to you this way. And then I just like flash forward to my mom, like ripping these two sweet girls apart. <laughs> I was like, please don't do this. Mm. But I should like just that what someone. sweet friends? I know. Oh, my goodness. And I'm not like a sweet, cuddly person. So for someone to feel like they could hug a porcupine, I'm like, thank you, because mm-hmm. that's what I need. And but at the same time, I was like, I mean, they were like dead serious. And if you knew my mom, then you know, like. You just wouldn't. It would have made it worse. It would have made it so much worse. Like, you're talking about me. You're telling people these things. Because, like, a couple years, like, it's in like, college. No, they heard you, Mom. Oh, right? right? They, well, and yeah. still, it was it was the generation and, and church culture, too. The greatest generation. You know and, how they are. Anyway, we're moving on from that. And, <laughs> and, and the area that you lived in, it was very much a keep it buttoned up. Oh, play things close to the vest. 100%. Make it look good from the outside. Yes. Like we would get to church so late, but our hair looked good. Our dresses, our bows were perfect. Um, I mean, she, we never did not look like we had it together. Mm. And so no one could know we didn't have it together. And when I started cracking that, it was, she was so mad at me. Um, And then she denied it all. And that was really hard. And now like, I wouldn't, I mean, not so much now, guys, I don't talk about it anymore because it's not, it's like forgiving someone and not going back to them and telling them all the things they did to hurt you. Mm -hmm. But for a long time, I would say, you know, this is what you did. This is what you did. She's like, your memories are a little different. Like, so I feel like gaslighting is a tag word right now, but I learned about, no, it is. I heard, listened to a podcast and the narrator just like went through what gaslighting is and it 
I had my husband listen to it. Is and it Something Was Wrong? Maybe. <laughs> I loved that one. I love Something Was yeah, Wrong. Yeah, I do too. If the, yeah. Laura told me about that one. Yeah. And it, she did. She like read from a book what gaslighting is. And, you know, gaslighting's not like, you know, lying where it's, you can say, oh, you lied. That's mm-hmm. it. Gaslighting oh, is so, so much. Mm-hmm. But there's so many different tactics. Mm-hmm. Like you could be gaslighting someone and it's different than someone else. Well, in like really good gaslighters, uh-huh. you believe it. Oh, so if they're telling you, "Oh my gosh, you are so sensitive," you start thinking, well, and there's "I'm no too sensitive." Of truth. Like, well, and they're and they they, they, they the taste so, they take something that and like you, you are like me in that we are more sensitive and tender than people would probably think yes, we are. Exactly. And so somebody strikes that chord in us, like you're just too sensitive. You're like, oh, I am. And they see it and it mm-hmm. is a problem, which is why I kind of keep it hidden. Right. And so you start to believe and it's your mom. Right. This is a person you're supposed to trust who exactly. is supposed to know you the best. It's supposed to love you unconditionally. And when you're a kid, you can't always tell. No. Like it was I wrong like or is, I am being too sensitive. Right, my mom be, said it. Yes, my my mom said it. I mean, yeah. she would even go. She was so good at making me feel stupid for believing in something or agreeing with someone. Like, ha, like coming back from church camp and just being excited. She's like, "Well, you know, that's not really in the Bible." And I'd be like, "Oh, okay. Well, you tell you me all the things I know. Trust so. her, right? So everything, my whole life until I met Jason and got married." Did I like break that true cycle of her words mean everything? And then just last year, hearing this description of gaslighting, it it has helped me name it with friendships, with mm-hmm. my mom, with my sister. Like it's helped me name it within myself. I sometimes. know. <laughs> I don't love. That I know. Part. I accused Pat Mooney of gaslighting me about the turtles that bit me at your <laughs> lake house. Okay. We're not going into that. That <laughs> is a whole podcast. One of our elders is a gaslighter. <laughs> Former elder. <laughs> Former elder is a gaslighter. <laughs> okay, so did, do you, in, in this time, like in junior high, high school, did you have a relationship with Jesus? Did you? Oh, so yes. That's when I, sorry, rewind. When I met with my therapist after I was married and had kids, and she said, how are you not somebody else? Mm-hmm. Like, how did you end up here? How, like... I every it the groundwork was laid for me to walk away from God, to walk away from my family, to look for men to fulfill any kind of brokenness in my heart. Mm-hmm. It was the youth group. It was mm-hmm. the the people that I like it's it's not for some reason. I always want to say for some reason, mm-hmm. but God did not let go of me. And I know that there are things that like we want God to work in and it's not the right answer that we want. I don't think I ever, I mean, I did. I prayed a lot. I prayed a whole lot. I had a very deep relationship with the Lord that I didn't realize was that deep when I was that young. Mm -hmm. And so as I've gotten older, I can look back and think, man, I should have just jumped off that cliff. Mm -hmm. I should have run. I mean, I did run away from home once, but it was like out of principle and I left my car and (laughs) I, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to take these things with me because I don't need anything from you. But my friend's going to come pick me up in a minute and take me to her house. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think, you know, that is obviously a testament to what God can do. And I've said this to Jess, it is really, um, it's miraculous when 
you, you come out of those situations being the kind of parents you are, the kind of wives you are, um, the kind of friends you are, because there's really no no logical explanation right. for except why that you Jesus are. Jesus is a difference maker, man. except for that Jesus right. is a difference maker. And it it is, but it took me a while. Like I think I was just walking so hard with him and relying on him so much that that's who I pressed into subconsciously kind of like I knew I was talking to him I knew God was there but as I've gotten older I've I've understood more that God is my father and he will never leave me he will never make fun of me he will never Mm. say these horrible things to me and so as like that I didn't feel that I didn't hear those words in that moment but I think those words were poured over me so that I knew that's who I needed to press into Mm Um, and I really, I mean, when it is the, the basis of that youth group that I was a part of. Um, and we all went through our things. We still go through our things and we all show up for each other when even still, Oh yeah. One of my best friends in that group who I've known since seventh grade, his dad passed two years ago and you know, we were there. It's, um, it's just a calm, like it's wonderful, like going to church with people, not seeing him for a long time. Like if, you know, the pandemic, when you show back up and you're like, I've missed you. And you know that like you're safe in that friendship because mm-hmm. God's at the center of it. Regardless if we like are having deep Bible studies or having deep talks about it, we know that if we're at church and we're seeing each other, that it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It's not something to be embarrassed about or well when that's the center when 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 god's the core of that then right you're you're woven together in a different way what 100%. is your relationship like now with your parents has that evolved at all is that well so so act two is act two yeah <laughs> intermission there's yep. been popcorn. i'm sorry everybody you don't get so make, great i tried yeah. to, i tried to suck on the popcorn so mm-hmm. i didn't make the termite noises but who knows what happened i didn't hear it um so how did you meet Jason? Just we a, met at the... You just hijacked my question. No, I, it was, this was act two. I, it was with Jason because yeah. you said your mo- relationship I know, but then you mom. asked about my parent, like our relationship. Like, yes. No, so Jason went to ACU, but we did not meet there. Um, he was two years older than me, so he's my sugar daddy. And <laughs> we met in Dallas in a singles group at Farmer's Branch Church of Christ. Okay. And he had actually... Ooh, was... Um, Ooh. Farmer's Branch Church of Christ was kind of, um, what was that guy's name? Oh my gosh. Tell me the guy's name that led it. Well, because I Mark think, Miller? No, but there was a Jeff guy. Jeff Rowland? Gosh. Oh, uh, I, I swear this guy did mezzanine, mezzanine floor at IBC at Irving Bible and then came went over to Farmer's Branch Church of Christ. But anyway, continue. I will have to ask him. Okay. Jason. He might know. Um, continue you met him you met him at so we met the reason I was asking that I wasn't trying to hijack your question Mm -hmm. you just said some things changed I do um (laughs) I'm a curious person I need my questions answered I'm basically like a journalist at this point sure I have a question Mm -hmm. too I'd like it answered um Mm -hmm. but you said that things just shifted with your mom at that point and so that was kind of why I asked because I moved to Dallas, I, I I came, I moved to Dallas. No one in my family helped me. And I, like, I know everyone's, so I say this a lot when I tell my story is I know that what my heart is, there's other people's heart is a lot harder. Sure. But you only know the hard you know. Sure. Like, like for me, like I've seen people go through so much harder things and I'm, I'm like. Sometimes I have to call out Laura Pace on her BS of about that because 
um, she can sometimes for, like first world problem herself. And I'm like, no, nope, no, nope, same. Nope. That's a real and that's problem. What, right. It, it hurt is hurt. Right. Like, and I go through that still with my family, but it's because you're like, I've gotten it this far. Mm-hmm. Let's not, let's just keep it up. I mean, here. we can all acknowledge that maybe we were, we weren't kept in a closet and only fed bread once a week, but that doesn't mean that the I hard just didn't things. include that part of my story. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> but it doesn't mean the hard things that happened to us right. were hard. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was because of the community. I had just left ACU. I had all these amazing friends that truly loved me and loved the Lord. And, you know, right after graduation, everyone scatters and goes to their jobs, but we're still close. And so I remember when I moved to Dallas, it was like, bye. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. no one, like, to give you some context, the day I moved into the dorm, I know I lived in Abilene and it was like a 18 minute, maybe 15 minute drive across town. My mom moved me in. They, they helped me move in a day early cause they were ready to get me out of the house. Mm. And I didn't drink or smoke or sleep around. Like there was not like, I wasn't doing like things as a teenager that should have marked me for, you were so hard to deal with. Mm. Like, no drugs, no nothing. Like I just was. It doesn't even sound like you argued back a whole lot. Um, no, because she was. She scared me. So I mean, I did argue a lot, but then I was like, I don't know. I need help. So mm-hmm. I guess we're going up here a day early. So I mm-hmm. slept in that dorm all by myself because the door was cracked. Like mm-hmm. to get in, it wasn't like, um, hey, welcome to ACU. It was your uh, day early. So I, I think you got your key. <laughs> Anyway, so, right, good luck. So when I moved to Dallas, there was no, like, I'm so excited for you. It was get a car or get a job with insurance. You can't do this. You can't do that. And you'll be an idiot if you go to this church. And if you, like, she just gave me all these rules. I'm the oldest, so I know that the oldest gets it harder. I try to overcorrect myself and be harder on my younger one, which (laughs) it's not working. Because he's kind of like me, so he's like, good luck. (laughs) I guarantee that's not happening at our house. I'm sorry, Lydia. I'm sorry in advance. Right? It's just like you want to not. Lydia's our oldest, but our our youngest, I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. Let's cut. We'll just cut your meat until you're 20. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't have to put on pants for four days. It's fine. It's fine. uh, He's the baby. (laughs) Lincoln's the youngest of three. I believe his name is Washington. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's what Kyle forever called him Washington. That's amazing. Um, so you just kind of went. And so there was no. So fanfare. when I went to Dallas, it was like okay. And then I started like taking care of my own life, and you know I remember buying my own car. And my mom was she never was happy for me in anything I did. She was never happy, and it wasn't like. And like my mom is young and she's very pretty and she's thin and knows how to dress and knows how to take care of a house, and. It always behooved me why she was so unhappy. I mean, now being married and understanding all that hindsight, right? Mm-hmm. But there was so much that I just didn't understand why she didn't want to love me mm-hmm. as her child to come. Like, like I never saw her sad about me going. Like, mm-hmm. where you know, I think about my kids leaving and going to college, and I'm like, that's not happening. They're going to go mm-hmm. to Phoenix online. Mm-hmm. Like, there's none of that's happening. <laughs> Unit- University of Phoenix from your bedroom. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Actually, next to me. I'm going to sit right <laughs> next to you every day of the week. Um, and so it was, so I think I just started processing that stuff because, you know, I'm in a big city from Abilene, and my bubble got popped real early with just the scene of young single people. I had no idea. I'm. That's the other thing. I was always a rule follower, so that helped me not go off crazy because, you know, I'm not going to run a red light. 
Um, mm-hmm. But my husband, who's a second born, will run a red light every Sunday to church. And I'm like, can you pick a different day to run a red light? <laughs> oh, it stresses me out. Okay, I've got, I got an edit alert. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Edit alert. Uh, so <laughs> Kyle will love this. When oh, I gosh. yes, when I tell stories, I like to tell stories on Kyle. Yes, but um, there was a there was a point in Texas when it was legal to give people like the camera running the red light oh, yeah. camera uh, tickets. Yeah, ticket. Yeah, the tickets in the mail. And so Kyle had gotten. Would argue that he. I would say that he had had he had had three. He said he had had two, but. There was enough red light tickets at Coit and Campbell that I was like, listen, from now on, this comes from your gig money. Like, our family <laughs> money is not paying the $75 for you to run the red lights. Right. I'm done. Well, I'm no, like, no, when I say running a red light, I mean, we're sitting there. It's red. He's impatient. We're going. Yeah. There's no, like, I can make it. Is it that dang one Kyle's at Lamanga some, and Hillcrest? No, it's the other Kyle's worst one. Kyle's not at a dead stop. It's either I'm just gunning it or I'm in a California roll through the, the, well, this. I'm like Kyle. I, I think he's probably right. He only had two. But my <laughs> husband's the one who will... How does this work? Um, he'll just be like, oh, man, I really hate how long this light is. It's literally in our backyard. The light backs up to our house. So it's, it's like, there's not, no one here. No. We're just going. And yeah. I would rather hang my son out the window to hit the crossing walk <laughs> light than him run it. And I'm just like the whole time I'm like, oh. So like those are our fights, which I'm very thankful okay. for. So um, so he's got two, two to three of these tickets. And I'm like, no more, Kyle, no more from now on. You're taking it out of gig money. Cause I've always, that's one like Kyle, like usually for most of our marriage has played like in a band and whatever gig money he gets, I let him do like musician. I let him whatever right. we, we agree. <laughs> like he just it's does his fun. Money. It's his fun money. It's yep. fun money. And he buys and sells music. Equipment. That's what I'm going to use the yeah. money from the podcast is to go uh, the money from the podcast that you're paying me yeah. and popcorn. So anyway, I'm like, you can, you can use your fun money to pay that. Cause I'm done. I, I'm done with those. So maybe one to three weeks later, a, oh. A um, a ticket comes in the mail, and it says Jessica Denny, mm-hmm. and Kyle's like, "Look at what we have here!" <laughs> and he's like, "Like Miss Perfect ran the red light." I'm so excited, and, and it's my car, and you know, so he's rubbing it in. Well, they at this point they now have video of these things. Oh yeah, it's my favorite thing to so watch. So pull up, he pulls up the video to show me me running the red light. It's him driving yep. my car. Yep. <laughs> I have that same story, but it was me in my husband's car getting busted. It's the best because you're like, I don't remember driving. Oh, but it was so funny to. He, it was just so funny because he thought he had me dead to rights. He, right, and like got I'll, you now, girl. Got you now. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I bet y'all laugh. Oh, you're so perfect, Jessica. <laughs> Did it and come I out am, of his fun money? I am for sure not perfect. Oh, it definitely came out of his fun money. I am for sure not perfect, but I am I here don't to tell you that Jessica Denny is not a perfect driver. <laughs> Laura will hardly ride with me. Nope. No, that's a lie. I will never. <laughs> the word is never again. <laughs> okay. Um, my friend Laura from from high school and college was in town last week. Is she one and, of your people? The other Laura? Yes, she is one of my people for sure. And I, I don't, she was on the phone with her daughter. Her, her daughter is like 17. And I don't know what, what, or, or there was some, something about me driving somewhere. And Celeste, her daughter was like, 
said something about my driving. Yeah. I, I have a reputation. Ask Lydia's friends. I have a reputation among her friends. It's it's that bad. It's it's not that I'm a it's not that I'm a terrible distra- driver. I'm a distracted driver. So if you're in the and car terrible. with me, I might <laughs> I might make I might make eye contact with you while I'm driving for a while. For a while. Is mm-hmm. that don't you wouldn't you say that's like hard stare eye contact into your eyes. Into your I'm just wherever I am, I'm all there. Yeah. Oh so gosh. if you're except talking from the to, road for driving, if you're talking to me, I want to look you in the eyes and hear what you're saying. That's amazing. She may just spin into a parking spot and sideswipe her boss's car. You and never just yell too fast, to too say. furious. I, and that actually happened. I did sideswipe my boss's car in a parking lot. Yeah. I whipped in there. <laughs> That's and then she terrifying. didn't whip anymore because she was wedged into her boss's car. And oh, so also, it's still there. all of my coworkers were in the car with me when I did <laughs> it. It's so bad. <laughs> anyway, back to our guest. Yes. No, it's okay. okay. I like so this. you were saying I don't remember. Oh, okay. you had moved to Dallas. You'd moved oh, to Dallas. Yeah, and so, so you you met a single scene that opened your eyes to even more. Well, and I'm I'm because of my mother's words all my life. I am in incredibly insecure about being in places like not anymore I would say then like I could just hear my mom's words or if they weren't her words they were other people's or it was just words in general but I knew where that was coming from and so like I just never felt comfortable in my own skin I never felt comfortable going to a bar to hang out with friends and it wasn't because I it was wrong it was just I am so uncomfortable I don't want mm-hmm. anyone to talk to me I don't know what I would say I would say the wrong thing I probably wrong. didn't dress right right everything about like so I guess and you know what I always say that the Lord protected me in so many different ways and I don't know what it was but I mean with my upbringing I could have met the wrong guy mm-hmm. the wrong time done the wrong things mm-hmm. um and so instead and that's what always like kills me about all this because I have a sister and a brother. Um, but I I moved to Dallas. I get insurance with my job. I look for churches on my own, not to make her happy. Mm-hmm. Um, because at that point, my faith was my own in college. I feel like, especially going to ACU in the 90s and early 2000s, it was like, you know... Jars of Clay, Caveman's mm. Call, like all this good. I was playing that for my kids the other day. Yeah, it's good stuff. It is. So, but like that's what I like. I left the youth group, and it, ACU felt like a giant youth group of people. Like we, none of us were perfect, but it was like, yes, we're all here. We all love Jesus. Rah rah rah. But my mom was fifteen minutes across town, so that would always come back. Oh, and my dad got a job at ACU when I was there, and um, so my dad was always there. And everyone loved him. Oh, your dad is David. He is amazing. And your, your parents were still married when uh-huh. you were at ACU. Yep. Um, but at one point, I was a fifth year, or I was a senior. My sister was a freshman. My dad worked there. My mom decided, perfect timing. I'm going to go back to college. So everything was still right there. So you were still four of us with all of it. But then I had friends texting me, or not texting me. <laughs> Please. That was 2001. There was no texting. They were no. beeping her. They, they were called me her. to make, they, no, they called were, my they, landline. No, we did not have a sidekick. It was Abilene. You didn't have a beeper? Well, I mean, I knew people who had a beeper, but it was like a, like SOS, but not at ACU. I think beeper, I don't know. I knew, I had friends with beepers, but it was just like, call you on your landline. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they yeah. were like, hey, your mom wasn't in class today. Is everything okay? And I'm like, oh my, oh gosh. my gosh, why is this happening to me right now? I mean, and so I called her. She goes, it was really cold today. I'm not walking. And she went to ACU. So 
Nothing's changed. It's the same square footage or acreage. Mm-hmm. She was like, I just didn't want to go. It's stupid. And I said, well, my friends are asking about you. And I'm embarrassed. She was like, well, get over it. You know, like she just. Was, Everything was still there. All of like oh, it was yeah. all in your face. And my dad was so funny and sarcastic that he would like make fun of me in front of the football team. He was the strength training mm-hmm. coach. So he knew all the athletes. He knew all the cute baseball players. And I just would want to stick my head in the sand. So, so I couldn't have gotten to Dallas faster. So get to Dallas. I find a church on my own because this is what I did. And you I went stick with, with Church of Christ. Um, well, Ben, when Farmers you, Branch Church. Yeah, Church Farmers Branch, Church. but they had a they were instrumental though. service oh, yeah. on oh, Saturday night. They went contemporary. They did. But I felt so like I was doing something wrong. I would go Saturday night and Sunday morning. To, to wash yourself clean on Sunday uh-huh. morning. I'm a very bad girl. I needed to go to church twice because if I didn't go on Sunday morning, it didn't feel like I went. Mm. Um, I feel like this is all kind of goofy stuff, but... Hopefully someone out there can identify with going to church twice in one weekend to hear the same sermon. Well, I and think the same they songs. can certainly <laughs> identify with the lies of guilt I and mean, shame. Oh, sure. Kyle, Kyle Denny will tell you about Church of Christ Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday evening. Yeah. That I, was his life. I'm here for it. Still <laughs> am. Because you know why? And that's the other thing. I think being in that in that um, community... If I was having a bad day, I was probably going to end up at church at some point in the week because we had all the things. Mm-hmm. So it was almost like a refuge, which is what it should be. Mm-hmm. But in a teenager's life, you don't think of it like, I'm going to go to church to see my friends or I'm going to church. My friends are going to like pray for me mm-hmm. or I'm like, I'm here and I can stay late. Like it just, so when I moved to Dallas, I looked for that and they had a singles group that was just a it was not a marriage factory. It was not a singles singles group. It was like friends mm. who went to church, who sat. It just, it obviously I was attracted to people that went to church that were my age, starting in high school, moving forward, college too. It just, it was the right, it felt right. It was really a safe place. That was what yeah. church was supposed to be. But that's where I was going. And you felt your relationship with the Lord growing and becoming oh, your own. Right. And I was, you know, when I met Jason, he was teaching the fifth grade boys and he mm-hmm. was a single guy. I know. And he didn't have to do that. And I was working in the children's ministry. It just, people wanted you. You were seen. You were heard. People wanted you. You mattered. And I loved that about that time of our life. We were there for 12 years. Um and I, no, not 12 years. Well, yeah, because it was before we were married. I was there for, yeah. So with all that said, um, oh, no. How did your eyes kind of start being open to, I mean, you already had Can we go of, back to my question? Yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. she's salty mm-hmm. today. I am salty. Well, I, I wanted to know how did your relationship, how has your relationship evolved with your parents? So this is kind of part of where I'm going. So I'm at church. Jason and I are dating. We just started dating, and uh, my mom had caught my dad with like uh, with a girl, a student at ACU, and oh gosh, yeah, and she was good friends with my sister, mm. and that was like the straw, and so I think I had was in like I hadn't completed my first year in Dallas yet, and everything hit the fan, and. My mom was like, I'm moving out. And 
my brother was in high school. I think he was like maybe a senior or a junior. My sister was in college. And I remember being in Dallas and having this great, healthy space. And then, boom, all this stuff just started. She just started telling me everything. Everything that had gone wrong in their marriage for 23 years. Everything. Oh, and I mean, I had never had like a real good serious. I mean, I had had. I had one boyfriend in high school who I broke up with because he wouldn't pray with me. <laughs> I'm sorry. He wouldn't pray. We both were praying, but I was like, bro, it's your turn. He was like, I'm not doing that. I was like, well, then you can see me never. <laughs> we're still friends. That's the irony. I, it, and that's, you know, you my... What? Do you joke about that now? No, I would never bring that up again with... Because now he goes to a church of Christ. So it's really <laughs> funny because he wasn't. He was very Baptist when we met. Um, we're dating. So, no, I... It it's just like those were my relationships. So nothing. It was like I had hard. I don't know why, but I had hard boundaries as a child, as a or as a teenager, and as an adult. And now, I mean, I've had to. Re, you, you know, when you become a parent, your boundaries change. You got to mm-hmm. figure out new boundaries to put down with people. But uh, so my mom unloads all this stuff on me. I mean, mm-hmm. stuff I never needed to know. Still to this day, I don't want to know this about their marriage. Mm-hmm. And I had just started dating Jason, and so. I kind of open up to him and he, oh, Jason's parents met on the school bus in the fifth grade. Jason's grandfather was the bus driver. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. They're still married. They're lovely. And I love them. But they they got married at 19. And they're from Abilene too. No, they're from Kilgore. Kilgore. Jasper. Oh, oh why? Why can I not remember? It's okay. They're East Texas folks, all of them. I'm so, doing high kicks. Over well, but here. Jason's mm-hmm. grandparents did move to Abilene. And mm-hmm. so when we started dating, I realized you have a lot of family in Abilene. This is weird. Mm-hmm. This is my town. Um, so my mom is like, we were on a date. My mom's telling me all this stuff. Like Jason and I were on a date. My mom mm. calls, tells me all this stuff. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. So I start telling Jason and the get out of Dodge eyes got real big. And he was like, you know what? Oh, uh, you know what? Maybe we should take a break. Oh, I don't gosh. know if I can handle all this. I was like, wait, what? Um, because he, he, his family, things are, the hard things aren't talked about. Like we scream at each other in my family. They're, they're, they love the Lord. They pray through things. They are so, their connection is different than my connection with my family. So my mom and dad get, or they're getting divorced, or my mom decides to leave. And then like eight months later, because my mom's kind of lazy, she would agree. Um, as they're getting, like the divorce was final on my sister's wedding day. Uh. I know, right? And uh, that was the first time we all had to be together like pictures mm. and I don't know. It was just really weird. So I'm in Dallas. I can kind of avoid it. My mom then moves to Dallas mm. or Fort or Las Colinas. And then she decides to start coming to church with us. And she went through this like really kind phase where she was like, it was her first time to ever be single and making her own money and living on her own. And none of it was easy, but she did. Oh, and Jason and I ended up getting back together um, because that's why I'm married to him, but we can communicate. And mm. he just said, I didn't know what to do with that. I just, and you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad he was able to step back and realize it was more than that. And it was me too, that mm-hmm. we were going to be together. And so he's seen everything. And I needed someone in my life now that has seen those things mm-hmm. to know, like when I to act, have a more intimate understanding. Right. Or if I lose my mind, it's because, well, you've got a little bit of that rage in you, like your mm-hmm. mom helped 
mm-hmm. you know, bring up in you. Um, but was oh, so started finding out things about my dad, like he just had a lot of girlfriends. Like all these moments in my life growing up, I was on a bus to go to volleyball camp and this girl behind me was making fun of me because my dad was um having an affair with this woman at our at the country club. And I just, I didn't know what she was talking about, but she was like really mean and just coming at me about it. And I thought, I don't, what is she talking about? So when I got home from volleyball camp, I asked my dad and he was like, no, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Well, turns out that girl was right. Mm. And she also, she's also mean. Right. Mm-hmm. Super mean with her delivery. She could have been a little nicer, like held my hand and played with my hair. But instead she just went in she, in front of a bunch jugular, of people. Right, yeah. right there. And so there was a lot of those moments. So in it was my weird life. to look back oh. at your childhood in a, with new just, perspective and it's a different like way. a glass pane. Like you get that one little dink and you're like, it's not bad. And then it starts to spider. Mm-hmm. That was when I was an adult and learning all these things about my family and, or my parents and their marriage and how bad it was. My dad never really would own it. He'd be like, I mean, I don't think all of that's true. And I, then I started reevaluating my relationship with my dad, realizing, well, he was only around when he wanted to be. He barely pressed in to my life. And so I just kind of kept him afar. Well, my brother, my dad and my mom, like, cater to his every needs because my my mom's words are he had it the worst, mm. which... It's bad for everybody when... Right. And so when I tell her that, she's like, you don't get it. You don't understand. I'm like, okay, well, you don't get it because you get to leave the man you're married to. I don't get a choice to say, you're not my dad anymore. You're mm-hmm. not my mom anymore. Like, that's who you are. Mm-hmm. So I had to grow up in my adult age, learning how to deal with divorced parents. And then the end of act two, before we go to the, uh, the finale, well, not even the finale encore, please. Finale (laughs) um, is that when I had, when I was 32, my dad married a 36 year old. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, And had a big wedding because why not? Hmm. Um, and was it she, her first wedding? Nope. She had three children. One of them, her youngest is my oldest's age. And so she has three daughters. And that's, I mean, it's not a lot to get into, but just like my dad didn't understand why we weren't excited. Mm. And he would always, so then I found out my dad can gaslight too. It's hereditary, so I'm taking a pill for it. <laughs> um, and he would just be like, I don't know why you're not happy. I'm finally happy in my life. Why can't you be happy for me? Mm-hmm. I was like, you just had your your second grandson. Why can't you be happy for me? I, mm-hmm. I just, like, it, and he still is like this. He is out of touch, doesn't, he's, life should be so much better for us if he just would have thought through all of his decisions all the way back, right? Mm-hmm. But having a, dad with young youngest children and it was oh that was why one of the reasons I got off Facebook because I remember I was living in this neighborhood kids in school and I have a wonderful circle of friends and I was sitting at Trader Joe's and I just got on Facebook for a hot second it was before the pandemic so I'm looking on there and there's my dad having lunch with one of the girls and the caption which can be always wonderful and also horrible, was like, love that I got to eat lunch with this girl. 
daddy daughter lunch or something. And I was it like, it was like a movie where like everything kind of narrowed in and mm. I just was seeing my life of what it could have been and having him profess it to the Facebooks out there. People, you know, like mm-hmm. he looks like an amazing dad now. Mm. And it, I remember calling one of my good friends and just telling her, and she said, get off Facebook, stop following him, stop following her. There is nothing that you can do that will add. And it was the best, I know this sounds so petty, but it was the best thing I could have done. Well, you're missing a lot of my cleverly written Well, now I found that out tonight, okay? Mm -hmm. So for the last 15 (laughs) years, I've been making really, no. Um, But it's, they're so, and I don't, love his new wife. I call her my stepmommy's sister because she's practically the age of my sister. Um and my stepmom. She but her name's could Heather. Be your sister. Right. Yeah, she's definitely not. But I call her stepmommy sister. So whenever you hear me reference that, people out there, the listener today, um talking about my stepmom sister, Heather. Um she values what my dad offers to her and her children. And this isn't on her. It's on my dad. It's his own, it's, this is his family. So I would say I mourned my relationship with my dad like two years ago. I got to a place where it was like, you don't, you don't come see your grandkids who are awesome. You're missing the best parts of their life. You have... You don't invest in anything. You don't even send a card. You don't even call. He doesn't even call my kids on their birthdays. And I know this sounds kind of like not a big deal, but then at the same time, like my children don't. They've been robbed of of a grandparent. And he's lost, he's missed out on them. Right. But you, so when you said mourn, I thought that is part of how your relationship with your parents and how you see your childhood would evolve is to look at it and, and go through a grieving process mm-hmm. of what could have been, what should have been, how you should have been treated, how, how your parents should have um, valued you and talked to you and built you up and not torn you down. And that's a grieving process. Mm-hmm. And and it, I, I don't even know if it's a grieving process that comes with regret or I wish I could change it because obviously God has used it um, in your story. Yep. God doesn't cause the bad things, but he can use the hard things. Right. And... Um, but I think you're all allowed to fe- feel sad, of course. Oh, right. And I think I get sad when I see he's, you know, like I've mourned my relationship with my dad. Also that if something ever happens to him, I'm at peace. Like there's nothing else I can do or say to make him be a better dad. Mm-hmm. And so it, I know it hurt my sister's feelings because he had like our surgery and he was like, she's like, what if something happens to him? I go, I, I mean, I'm, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And it, she lost her mind. She was like, so you want nothing to do with him? I was like, oh, no, no. It's a two-way street, baby. He wants nothing to do with us. And so I'm not going to sit and wish and hope. I just have to accept him for who he is, what he offers to our family, and then just keep going on our... And your hope doesn't rise and fall with him. It used to. Right. But it, not, you've, right. you've put it in a different place now. Right. How, how has your relationship with Christ shaped this story? Well, it was like what I said earlier that in my older, like adult, like being a young adult, that God, I remember sitting, I don't know whose sermon it was. It was one of those moments where you're just like, it's, I've heard this sermon probably, or I've heard these words, but for some reason I was in a, not a great place. And 
those were just knowing that this God, this Father, will never forsake mm. you, leave you, say horrible things, not love your children, mm-hmm. not want to be with you. And I just remember running through that line or all the things that my my earthly father doesn't do. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, I don't need my earthly father. We would, I would love to have a relationship with my earthly father, mm-hmm. but this is the father that I need. And so it's, it that, that was part of the mourning process. Just being like, he, he's not going to be these things. We all mess up, but it's what we do with our mess up that brings us closer together or further apart. Mm-hmm. And and you were fully, it sounds like your faith has always felt pretty natural to you. Like you haven't really yes. struggled with that. And so you had that knowledge of there's, there's something that's already checked all those boxes. And right. it would be awesome if my dad would have checked, my, my earthly dad would have checked some too. But I have a heavenly father who I feel really close to, connected to, fully believe in, who's never going to disappoint or hurt me or... But knowing, yes, and it was when I realized I needed that, I needed that part of God's love and not God's love. Here it is. He's always there. But it was naming and identifying what my dad on earth was not giving me and what my earthly father would never not give me. Mm -hmm. He was always going to be there. He was always going to feel like all of these things. So then that's where I was, I just had to like, know that this is this is the dad that that was a part of me being born but this is the dad that will no matter what love my family and love me no matter what and so even with my kids now that they're getting older and they don't like my youngest he's a lot like me he's a toot but my dad has like he facetimed us once last year and I was like, okay. And I was like, and I'm all in this the other thing. I'm always nice to him. I will always be here. Like, yes, you want to come visit us? Please do. You want to hang out? Please, let's do that. I'm mm-hmm. never going to be, because for a long time I was just angry and mad. And I wanted nothing to do with him or his family. And now it's like, what's the point? Like, if he shows up, I need to be the one that's like, yeah, I need mm-hmm. to reciprocate what I want mm-hmm. from him. So anyway, he was on FaceTime with my youngest, Tate Booker. And he was like, hey, Papa. Do you even know her address anymore? And I was like, oh my gosh. Oh gosh. Burn. Yeah, burn. And he goes, well, it turned out that it hurt my dad's because Tate, like, he's a, a hard lover. He's not going to re- beat her on the bush. Now, no. was he being funny or was he like, he, a little bit of both? Curious. Like, yeah. right? There's all, I would say there's almost truth behind every joke, but then there's some well. just straight up jokes, right? Like, except they're only funny if they're true, right, Laura Pace? A little bit, a little bit, but mm. I'm working on that. Mm. But, like, <laughs> how do you make a, Kleenex dance, put a little boogie yeah. in it. There's no, that's truth, actually. Never mind. That is how you make a Kleenex dance. Um, so uh, he just kind of was going at my dad, like, we we never see you. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, out of the babe, yeah, out of the mouth mm-hmm. of babes. And he called my, my dad called my sister later and told him how offended he was that Tate had said these things to him. So that's the relationship we have. He cannot say, hey, is something going on? Or, and I, I do have that relationship with my mom now for the most part. She still gaslights me, but now that I know what gaslighting is and the freedom that gives me, I can just, I can, it's a therapist thing. A good friend of mine taught me when she was getting her master's. If someone throws a pillow at you and you catch it, it is yours. You now are holding it. You're owning it. You're like, now I got to take care of this pillow. But if someone throws a pillow at you and it just bounces off and drops us on the floor, you can look at it. 
you can say, okay, there's a pillow on the floor. Mm -hmm. So I've had to learn to not catch everything my family throws at me. Mm -hmm. Um, And to put a bow on it, I, about my dad, I, and it's just weird because I know I have a relationship with God, but there's times that you're like, I wish I had a deeper relationship with God. But then I think about the moments in my life where God 100%, I mean, all the time, but like where I prayed specifically for at least five things I wanted in a future husband. I wanted to love God more than me. I wanted him to sing out loud in church because my dad would just stand there. Um, I wanted him to have really good taste in music. And there was two other things I can't remember now, but I prayed, prayed, prayed. And it was kind of funny. It was like, hey, God, don't forget (laughs) the thing I asked you about. And I remember after we got engaged and before we got married, again, that that intermission and time. Unattached earlobes. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that. That what? You wanted unattached earlobes oh. versus <laughs> specific. I'm just getting your specifics. Yeah. It was the, you know, there's a couple of other mm-hmm. weird things too. But I remember sitting there and like I think we were in church and he was just singing and I looked over and I started thinking about that list and it blew my mind. Oh, doesn't care about sports because my dad can only talk about sports. Well, God really ran with that one because Jason doesn't even know how to Find ESPN. <laughs> he and Kyle might be best friends. <laughs> oh, well, good, because I kind of feel very alone in that world because I'm the athletic one. I love sports. <laughs> Me too. And I love to watch sports. <laughs> yep. My husband doesn't even know how to turn I don't the TV. watch NFL <laughs> because I don't think Kyle Denny could tolerate me watching all day long every Saturday college football and, and NFL. All, yeah. And NFL. So I have to choose. Mm-hmm. Because you could switch off every year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope, I love college football. I was about to say, it's way more fun to watch college football. Well, my husband can hang in there, but I just remember, like, even the sports one, I just remember sitting there, and it was just, what in the world, God? You saw God in those details. Well, that he, like, yeah, they all were there. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, because people will ask me randomly, like, he's nothing like your dad. And I'll always say, I prayed for that. Mm-hmm. I 100% prayed for him to not be like my dad. And and it's hard because my brother is a big old sports guy and my brother-in-law and then there's Jason but Jason's the one in our family who will sit on the floor and play with my five-year-old niece he's the one who is going out and watering the yard for my mom when no one else will go do it like it's the the value of what I have in him is so much greater Mm -hmm. than feeling connected to my family Mm -hmm. he's a good dude you think he's funny and I do think he's funny we'll work on that mm. <laughs> um, I'm not, not funnier funny. well I, I love how when I, I I love how God has protected you that he gave you just enough pain to make you real funny mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that he protected you from what could have permanently landed um, I, I mean I like that you're still open to a relationship with your parents and I really appreciate your honesty about it, that to me, that shows how much it hasn't landed on who you are. Well, how in moments they treated my life, you. it has. Sure. Right. Sure. But, but that God brought you through that and that you can talk about it so openly um, because it's not who you are and it, it, it wasn't your pillow to hold and <laughs> right. keep. And I did. I squeezed the heck out of that pillow for a really long time and just looked for someone to help me carry it. And it was only God's help that could help me carry it mm-hmm. like putting it on other people or talking to other people sometimes people are like i don't i don't get what the big deal is like just go on a diet mm-hmm. like, okay well that's trust me i love food it's not gonna work Super <laughs> um, it is um, so yeah so i think it also helps shape what friends matter most um i used to collect friends and 
want as many as I could get because I, there was a period of time where no one wanted to be my friend and my mom was like, it's all your fault. So now, I, so then I went through like, I have so many friends, I can't take care of all these friends and some of them suck the life out of me and this is really hard to focusing on the friends that I feel comfortable with and safe with, That's even if we don't I believe don't, the same thing. I haven't thing. known Lee, Lee Booker until today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not in my circle. <laughs> you're not yet. in her circle. Yeah. It's just I, now it's a line, so get in it. No. <laughs> just kidding. That was good. Oh, that thank you. Good. I've got a lot of zingers. Oh, yeah, there you go. That can be for your... Yeah. <laughs> get it to line, get so it, get in it. Yeah, it's a line. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming oh, on. Sure. Do you feel like there is anything you left on the table that you want to share? Oh, well... Um, I'm a better mom because of my mom. Mm. And I married a better man because of my dad. Mm. So I think things, yeah. Uh, I I always wonder what my story is. Like I I go through, well, I've gone through years of thinking, what am I good at? I don't think I'm good at anything. Like I can't, I'm not a beautiful pianist. I don't, I'm not an artist. I'm not, like there's all these things that like, I'm not a doctor. I'm not really smart. I, I have so many learning disabilities that I identify with most fifth graders. And I'll say, <laughs> That's cool. I read you that book too because um, I read it on a fifth grade level. Um, but, oh, nuts. Forgot what I was There's that learning disorder. <laughs> it really is. And just went out my head. And the listener that's listening is probably my one friend. And she'll it. be like, girl, I get you. <laughs> um, but, oh, you're not good at anything. Oh, right, right. So I've always wondered, like, <laughs> what's, like I like what, to tell people that a lot. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like, you know, like Forrest Gump, like, what's my special gift? Or I don't, I don't know what I'm good. I just never have figured out what I'm good at. And I always thought, well, this, I don't want this story to be what I'm good at telling this story or living this story. Like it's, I've had to learn through this story, what God's, my gifts are so different than what the world sees as a gift. And through all that chiseling and all that real, relying on the Lord has definitely made me, you know, who I'm supposed to be. Which there's a beautiful confidence in that, that when you felt insecure for so long. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, for a really long time, like even being a new mom, she would be like, after I had my second, it was a horrible birth. It was really, really hard. I mean, he is my favorite. Don't tell him he doesn't listen to podcasts, but he, um, I remember being like laying down flat for three weeks because I couldn't get up. And my mom was like, you don't need to have more kids. This was too hard on you. And I am i don't want to say I'm resentful because it was my choice, but her words had so much power over me that I could have had a bigger family or like her, she took my fear of what I had just gone through and hmm. just slathered it on. You can't do it. Look how hard this is. Like she would say it repeatedly. Hmm. It wasn't just one time. It was enough to be like, got, got it. I mean, she would ask me for two years, like, you're not having more kids. I'm tired of hitting those pillows. Please stop. Right. (laughs) I'm tired of hitting the pillows away. Uh, Words words have power. Right? Mm -hmm. They do. And I've learned that in all kinds of ways, with my own tongue, with theirs, with friends, with being married, with children. So, yeah, I would say I am who I am because of them, but not because of who they made me. Because of what God did there. 100%. Yeah. And how valuable... Church and friends are at church. Like, I, I want to help navigate my children to have friends at church 
and to have a have multiple communities, but know that this is a safe community. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, like that. No, no doubt. Model to me what like what does a loving family look mm-hmm. like? Yes. Mm-hmm. Or who can you trust if things aren't going well in your life? And I remember growing up in our church, I would go to some. I would go to my mom's friends and say, "My mom is doing this," and they'd be like, "Oh, honey, it's not that bad." And I never had a safe place adult-wise, to go to. No one believed me. Mm. And so I I always tell my kids, like, these are adults, like, you know, certain adults in our life that you can love and trust mm-hmm. if something is going wrong. So... Yeah. It's Lydia Denny's always sh- sharing stories about her parents. Oh. With me. <laughs> Whoa. I'm her small group leader. She hasn't. <laughs> Just kidding. That's awesome. Oh, man. So, yeah. I, you know, I can always talk. Ask anybody. I love to hear the sound of... I don't, actually. This is... A lot hearing my this own was voice. a this was a stretch for you, and I love that you came on and that you were so honest. So please hug Lee's neck. We will oh, put no. a picture and tell her thank oh you gosh. for sharing her story because um, I'm I am thankful. Well, and I you know as you shared, I do remember you sharing pockets mm-hmm. of of your story um, in reengage, and even then I thought like how. Uh, we got maybe teased a little bit in the reengaged group oh, that our marriage wasn't bad enough. We would we would walk out there. Well, and I think we just must have gotten a a, a we got wild a, bunch. We did, and we got maybe maybe told that our marriages weren't struggling enough. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's maybe that's why you were humble bragging it in life group when I wasn't even were, humble bragging it. I was when, just when directly people were trying to share their heart. Uh, okay, heartbreaks. <laughs> it's an exaggeration, but it's not um, at all. But I. Um, I remember thinking, wow, like she turned out so normal with all these little, like little things that you would throw out there. But I like knowing the whole story. So thank you. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. That's not even the whole story. If you want to know more, please call me at 1 800. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't. <laughs> crazy love. Interrupt crazy her childhood. Gilmore girl watching. Oh, and I just finished listening. It, so I say that, but I've I've rewatched it. it now you're on to Friday Night Lights. No, oh, I can't. The camera stuff. movement it makes me nauseous. Oh, Lydia feels the same way. That's, oh, that's yeah, funny. It's weird. I've never noticed it. Well, Lee, we are really so grateful for you coming on, and um, just appreciate you sharing sure. your story with us. And I love that I finally got to know you, and not yeah, just you, like Isn't you went from zero to girl? sixty real hard. In yeah, this. that's <laughs> our favorite way to go. <laughs> that it is. I like it. I'm I'm here for it. I'll, Good. I'll no, y'all are wonderful. I think there are. I think these two girls are a lot of fun. Well, thanks, Lee. You're welcome. Uh, we love we loved having you. I loved getting to know you, and I will um I'll add you in my tight circle. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Yes. I'll get in the line. Yeah, get in my line, but I'll yeah. come into your circle. All right, sounds <laughs> great. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Embarrassment of Riches. 